Hop into the mystery machine, everybody. We are off to the circus to recap Big Top Scooby-Doo. I am the Brazilian dragon himself, Felipe, who loves Scooby Snacks, and I am not alone. I am here with someone who has tamed many a wild creature in her time to do her bidding. It is Lisa. Lisa, welcome back to the Scooby Snacks and Chats podcast here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. Kia ora, Thank you. Um, I just want to say that uh, I'm calling from New Zealand which is a made-up place, a bit like Fairyland or Australia. <laughs> no, uh, New Zealand is not made up. <laughs> Cannot be made up because we love Lisa. And if New Zealand was made up, then I wouldn't have a friend in New Zealand. <laughs> How are you been, Lisa? It's been about a year since you were last on the podcast. What's new with you, if you have any updates? I don't can't think of anything like a, a lot of stuff in my life but nothing that you know people listening to a scooby-doo podcast are going to be like oh yeah well lisa's in a new position now man learning and development's the best well i'm excited for you so we can talk offline <laughs> about all the things but uh you are such a homie i love talking to you always and lisa is such an mvp that she was willing to push this podcast back two seconds before we recorded last time um, but I'm excited to chat with this movie. Uh, we talked in the pre-show that Lisa and I have different takes on the movie. So I'm excited to hear her glowing remarks because this was one of my least favorite ones of the modern Scooby-Doo era. But I'm excited to break it all down with Lisa. I'll still give it a better score than she gave Lock This Monster. But um, <laughs> Lisa, have you had any inspiring Scooby-Doo thoughts since we last chatted? Uh, I don't think so. My love for Scooby-Doo has been, you know, consistent and strong throughout my entire life. And, you know, I'm, I'm still at that place. I haven't watched Velma. I got put off by all the, like, bad reviews and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I have, I still, <laughs> I'm resolved. I'm resolved to read that book, Those Meddling Kids, which came out maybe in the late 90s or early 2000s, which is sort of scooby I haven't read it either. But yeah, that's my we, next mission. Before I'm on this podcast next, I will have read that book and I can give you a review. A little book report. Mm -hmm. that's yes. Okay. Well, I can tell you, you can skip Velma or watch a YouTube recap if someone's put that out there. It's fine. Uh, it's nothing special. Hopefully season two is better, but who knows now when that's coming mm -hmm. out. Um, mm -hmm. So with that said, Lisa, overall thoughts on this movie before we dive deep into the recap, Big Top Scooby-Doo, which originally premiered on October 9th, 2012. Um, direct to television movie uh, overall thoughts well uh, unlike some other Scooby-Doo projects I have looked at for this podcast I loved it I thought it was very funny very self-referential sort of poked fun at the things that Scooby-Doo you know that sort of irk me about Scooby-Doo at times so uh, I thought it was a great one very clever yeah, no, I thought some of the writing, I really, uh, spoiler alert, I like the ending where they solved the person and then they still had like an extra bad guy to find out. I thought that was a nice twist and that's something that I really took away as a positive for this movie. And we'll talk about it at the end where like they caught the first guy and then the other guy was off with um, the, the jewels and we'll break it all down. But I thought that was actually a really creative twist. And uh, this movie did have some meta moments that I appreciated. And that was probably like where the praise from me ended. I really was disappointed in this one. I was really looking forward to it. Maybe it was because I know we had a great guest lined up, but um, yeah, maybe it's also like, I don't know. I thought this one was very like insular. Like we got to know the whole circus crew, but I think part of the love of Scooby-Doo for me might be like the travel aspects and like seeing the different areas and how Scooby-Doo reacts to the different environments. And we like really stayed at one location the whole time. And that might have been a detractor, but I'm not really sure. Let me go read my letterbox review of this one. Um, yeah, I liked that part of it. Like, I liked that it gave you a chance to just really sit with all the characters and the setting. Yeah, so that was a positive for me. See, I didn't even give myself enough notes for the future because I said defund circuses as my notes for this movie. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Um, we'll talk about it. I have the plot notes here. Do you want to dive into the plots or do you, do you have anything else you want to add before we get started? Actually, wait, before we get started, what is your history with the circus? Oh, great question. Um, not a very big thing in New Zealand. Like there are circuses that, you know, travel around, but it's more like, oh, wow, it's, you know, circuses here. That's weird. Um, there was, there was like a sort of a circus that just traveled around the South Island of New Zealand that had like its camp just outside of the city where I live. So sometimes when you were driving, you'd like drive past the circus place and there'd be like, you know, horses and caravans. It was quite cool. But um, yeah, pretty... I don't know. I honestly wouldn't even say that I've seen a, a circus as depicted in this movie because with the size of New Zealand, it's not really something that, um, yeah, you don't see really. Yeah. No, uh, my experience with circus, I think I've been to one circus and I was not a fan because it smelled bad because of all the animals there. But I like mm. animals. Um, as I get older, I do feel like circuses are kind of like becoming more antiquated but i also know a lot of people mm. are like oh circuses aren't the kindest to animals um yeah and also dumbo is a circus movie and it makes me sad re-watching it because he gets separated from his mom and i don't like that very sad um actually i do have another circus related thing uh have you ever watched or read more importantly something wicked this way comes by ray bradbury i have not no so that is a very, very good book and, and, and a you know, pretty good movie uh, based in a very spooky circus. Like if anyone listening to this has any interest at all in circuses and you haven't encountered this thing, like watch the movie or even better read the book. It's perfect. Oh, it it's looks so spooky. creepy and it's still, oh, it's really, really good. And I, the start of this movie gave me those vibes, which was another reason why I was like, oh, I think I like this. This is good. It gives spookiness. It's like just a movie tr uh, poster. Yeah, it's very, yeah, Ray Bradbury's amazing. Yeah. All right. So uh, shall we get into the recap of this movie, Lisa? Yes, please. All right. So Atlantic City, a werewolf breaks into a jewelry store, steals the ruby necklace, setting off an alarm, and the creature ends up getting out of there because a security guard comes um, and two policemen as well. Um, and they try to stop the werewolf, but the werewolf was too speedy and it escaped into the hills and we see the circus. So that's the opening, the cold open of this film. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel like this stacks up on in terms of the other cold opens that you would enjoy from the Scooby-Doo cinematic universe? I really liked it. It had everything like I, I well, my, actually my very first note on my page here is why is there a werewolf in this movie? <laughs> and I thought I'd maybe yeah. put on the wrong movie because I, I mean, knew it was about circus. for me. So I was just like, "What?" I thought it was going to be like a clown was like the culprit, mm. but then it makes sense if the world is with clowns, then it's something else that isn't normal to the circus. Um, but I yeah. was like, I assumed the big top Scooby Doo, the monster was going to be like this evil clown, like this uh, historical clown figure that is haunting the circus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I expected it to be like I don't know, like darkened circus some creepy some ghost does something i don't know but no i really liked it i really enjoyed the characterization of the policemen they could just easily have been nothing characters but i really feel like i got to know the characters and, and i felt like this for the whole movie they, it was very clever the way they got every little bit out of those peripheral characters i yeah, did feel like the the side characters were very well developed for like scooby-doo terms mm, like um yeah for like fully theatrical animated movie i don't think it would fly but like in terms of like what this movie is a directed tv movie i think these mm. were good side characters like i feel like all of them were unique like the lion tamer the strong man the couple from the trapeze i felt like they all were unique and like interesting in their own right um so i did feel like that ha this movie had that going for it mm. um Meanwhile, Scooby and the gang, they arrive to Atlantic City. They're going on vacation. And Fred sees the brand QC Circus. And he's like, let's go see it. And everyone else is kind of like, eh, let's go to Atlantic City. And then he's like, no, but I love circuses. Yeah, read the room, Fred. That was like <laughs> straight from the start. I was like laughing. But it seemed charming. Like mm -hmm. Fred can be sort of oblivious to social cues and sort of bulldoze his way through and other properties. And I don't remember thinking like, oh, 
but this he was just so wholesome in his love for the circus and he was just blinded to everyone else's very you know extreme disinterest so i, I was surprised how much i enjoyed freak it it makes fred a little bit more likable like than other experiences that we've had with fred it's like oh mm. this is like a weird little quirk about fred that he is obsessed with circuses like i like when we get to like these characters have been around since like the 50s 60s the 60s actually um and it's like it's so cool that they like add these little details and it's like here's a weird quirk about fred like 50 years after he was like created like he is obsessed with the circus uh, do you have yeah. a favorite circus animal lisa before we start talking about the animals later in this movie or do you just love them all um well yeah ideally i would have no animals in the circus Mm -hmm. um but if we're talking about animals that are traditionally featured in a circus that i enjoy um yeah i don't know i mean there's, there's something about the lions i guess like having something so dangerous like right there but also it's really horrible that something so mm -hmm. dangerous and powerful is just like through violence <laughs> you know trapped in this cage for their whole time so um yeah. yeah. Oh actually um maybe uh penguins. I, I love penguins. Oh my god. I love penguins. Yeah, and, and I think about like Batman oh is Batman and Robin that Arnold Schwarzenegger's in? Batman yeah. Forever, one of those. Yeah, and they have like all the that you know, the old rundown aquarium and the penguins and little umbrellas and so oh that one is the batman returns with michael keaton and oh. danny devito because danny devito's the penguin but yes i love that's my favorite of the batman movies from the 90s uh because yeah. then at the end they're in the underground like aquarium uh but there is the circus scene from batman forever where robin's parents die yeah no no i'm thinking of the yeah. arnold schwarzenegger yeah. michael keaton's not the batman in that is he no that's george clooney oh yeah 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 um, very, it's a very campy one but I really oh yeah maybe the penguins really. are in that one too because he is mr freeze i don't know i definitely remember the penguins from the danny devito one. Oh, danny yeah. devito yeah i'm probably getting that man i need to re-watch these i did an indiana jones re-watch before i watched Same. the dialogue destiny i watched oh. them all in a week what are your biggest yeah, takeaways from indiana jones as re-watching um gosh a lot of it doesn't hold up like did not enjoy the way he treats women mm -hmm. <laughs> no thank you um did not enjoy the way different cultures were treated like yeah it's always a bit um sad watching those things yeah. and then realizing so recently how everyone thought yeah. it was okay to treat everyone like oh not about that was this did you um, show your son these movies for the first time or had he seen them before no he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to watch them so it's just like a bunch of adults yeah but um yeah no but yeah no that was it was a good it was a very enjoyable and did you like ride. dial of destiny um, I did. I wish Indiana Jones had more agency in it. Mm, that's valid. That's valid. I, I thought, like, this is the same thing I felt with, like, the Mission Impossible movie that I saw last night. A little long. Some of it could have been trimmed. I'm a very <gasps> antsy person. And, like, but I, like, it was well-paced. And I, there were only, like, a few moments where I was, like, getting antsy. It was, like, other, like for a three-hour movie, Indiana Jones was two and a half. But, like, for a three-hour movie, mm -hmm. like, I felt like it was well-paced. And there wasn't a ton of times where I was, like, getting restless it was like very irregular but like when i did get restless i'm like oh my god i can't believe this movie is three hours um mm -hmm. i'm worried about how i'm gonna do an oppenheimer because that is three hours like to the dot and that's gonna make me antsy i feel like people should start yeah. making shorter movies <laughs> yeah or put, bring back intermissions i love that idea because i can do an intermission I, yeah, I, yeah. I i mess with an intermission did this movie need an intermission for you lisa no big top scooby-doo <laughs> Right. I was like, I can't believe how much I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> really? Like I'm so happy for you because I was like, yeah. So I watched this and then I did a double feature with this and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh. And I like Crystal Skull better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those are very divergent takes today because I I thought Mission Impossible could have been even longer. I watched, you watched it a few it? days ago. Yeah. Okay. And I thought nice. it was amazing. I smiled so much. It's ridiculous, but amazing. I had a great time. It was just a little yeah. long. I get very anxious and antsy. And like the movie theater was a little hot. The air conditioning could have been cranked up a little better and I would have felt yeah. calm. But um, yeah. the, like I thought yeah. the action scenes are actually very well paced. Like the scene in the airport and the scene 
with the car and then the scene with the train all phenomenal but then like the little like middle part like the talky stuff kind of like is where it like drags a little because i don't go for mission impossible for the plot i go for the action scenes Oh, see, I, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I the action scenes are like thrilling, but I've been I've loved Mission Impossible ever since it first came out. Like, it was one of like my the original show movies. or the yeah. movies. Oh, well, the show I used to watch the show, but then and there was like a re there was a reboot of the show in the '90s. So that I watched all of that, loved that. Then the movie came out in like 1995 or '96, and I watched that so many times. I think I probably had it on like VHS or something, and I, I used to almost know that movie by heart. So yeah. just mission, you know, the the so, face ripping, the Ethan Hunt saying cool stuff, like people giving coded messages. I wanted to do the rewatch like I did with Indiana Jones, but like there are more movies, they're longer. And uh, I've only seen Ghost Protocol. I feel like Lisa's going to disown me as a friend, but I've only <laughs> seen Ghost Protocol. I saw it with my friend's family when we when I was in Brazil um, mm-hmm. at a theater that shut down because of the pandemic, which made me sad. Uh, mm-hmm. But because uh, that was like the theater that I would go to in Brazil. But that's the only experience I had. I really remember really liking that movie. And I really liked this movie too. I just, uh, long movies make me anxious. Um, yeah. no, I, Batman, I, though. I love the Batman and that was like three hours. But everything else, usually like my favorite movies are like an hour 40 to like two hours max. I yeah, feel like- I mean, yeah. You think go about ahead. like, you think about, I don't know, like the lengths of the length of Shakespeare's plays or the length of other types of media. And you think about filmmaking and like why why do you need three hours to tell this like what yeah and sometimes i think people get a bit you know high on their own supply and then like possibly yeah if you shave like maybe like one scene and then a couple frames off every single scene i feel like that would like enhance the movie experience just a little bit more like you don't need like every single insert shot of uh hayley atwell's foot in the mission impossible scene like hitting the pedal like i feel like that was like the stuff that could have cut (laughs) <laughs> but I love that scene. I love that scene. That was, uh, no, I think I like the airport scene the most of the three action scenes, but they were all phenomenal of the three, mm. three big action set pieces. It was good. Like in the movie theater, I was literally like had my yeah. hands up to my mouth, like, <gasps> you know, like, I, I was just like tensed up. With I the like, jump, I, was... I, I felt like I was there in that moment. Like I felt like a drop of <laughs> adrenaline, like in the pit of the summer. Like I felt that, like, that was really cool. Mm. That was like one of the coolest movie experiences um yeah. also another three-hour movie that i love i'm a hypocrite avatar the way of water i just wanted to vibe with those <gasps> elephant whales for a while i Have you hated seen it? that movie i hated it i hated it hated oh it God. hated it is that movie it's just so filled with toxic masculinity oh agreed but i'm yeah, just talking about the scene even. where they're vibing in the water i could have been in that scene for another hour like where they're just like hanging out with the whales and just like it's so visually stunning like i just want to hang out it there. in 3d no, I watched it at IMAX, oh. and then I watched two no. like um, regular screenings. I watched it three, well, wow. two and a half times. I fell asleep oh in the middle. Gosh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I was the only one of the. Only, I thought the only thing that could redeem that movie was three D, but my friend um, can't really see three D, so we went to oh, see no. it and just. And I was like, oh, and I, yeah. maybe I would have thought it was better, but oh my god! On the topic of movies, it could be like half a thing longer, half a thing shorter. Like the problem is, once you're James Cameron. Yeah. No one says like, oh, no. Nah, to be fair, is- I kind of agree with that. But the middle hour could have been three hours. And then the rest of the movie could have been like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just really like the vibe being in the ocean. Yeah. Well, that's just, the you do go to the bottom ca- of the water. Do movie catch up with Lisa yeah. and Felipe. <laughs> last, last movie topic. Uh, are you seeing mm-hmm. both Barbie and Oppenheimer? Just one? Neither? I'm not going to see Oppenheimer because I'm really against uh, nuclear weapons and war mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I very rarely go to see any movie that has even Mission Impossible. Like I don't love all the violence. It's not the way I like to do things. But yeah. uh, like I said, that's got like a bit of a place in my heart. Um, yeah, and definitely Barbie. Actually, I don't know if you've seen the outfits Margot Robbie's been wearing the Barbie outfits. Yes. That's the Barbies that like I have. Like, that's my childhood Barbies that she's dressing up as. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I definitely have to go see this. What about you? you? got to support Barbie. I'm definitely, I might see both. I'm definitely seeing Barbie first because that's the priorities. Um, but I, if my group of friends wants to go see Oppenheimer, I will go. But, like, again, a three-hour movie is a commitment, and I get anxious, like, just thinking about it. Like, I remember I was, like, really, like, against going to see the Batman. But I was like, I want to see the Batman. And then I loved it. It was my favorite movie of last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it was, it was 
definitely like a mental hurdle to get through. Like when you sit down in the theater and it's like, I'm going to be here for three hours. I hope it's chilly. Um, mm. Anyways, uh, do you have any other movie takes that you want to share at this time? Or should we go back to <laughs> Scooby-Doo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, I do actually. This is a very random recommend, but I watched a documentary about the making of the Tony Hawk PlayStation games. Oh, um, I'm just going to quickly Google to find out what it was called, but it was like an hour long. Um, oh, until the wheels fall off. No, it's called pretending nope. I'm Superman. Oh, love oh, it. Pretending I'm a Superman. Yeah. And it was just a feel good, super interesting um, story. I played like, you know, a lot of the original Tony Hawk video games. And yeah, I really like the way it incorporated technology, people's personal stories, interesting stuff about history, you know, skate scene, good music. It was a real good time. Okay, so that's Lisa's recommendation. And we can circle back to this at the end as well when you do your pop culture <laughs> yeah. plugs, but I am here for it. Um, going back to speaking of like being oh, on wheels. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had something. I was, did this Scooby Doo movie seem a bit like, I don't know, raunchier? Or like a little, yeah. Or something. A little. Yeah. Like the, I noticed the the sign outside Atlantic City said Atlantic City always turned on. <laughs> I did and, not catch um, that. Even when Velma they were talking about Atlantic City and I can't remember I think it might have been Daphne it was like Atlantic City said, mate, well, apart from the gangland shootouts. It's <laughs> just yeah. like things like that. I was like, oh I'm not sure. like sort of more more I don't know, adult sort of jokes. I was just surprised. Just random about that. like adult content that they throw in there like uh, right, yeah yeah and i thought you might know if, if uh, you might be like oh no that's just sort of the that just seems normal but to me it stood out in a way that i didn't even catch that but that's interesting but like uh maybe it is normal and i just don't realize it there are definitely times where i have noticed like adult innuendos but this one i didn't catch anything or maybe i did and i didn't write it down and i don't remember now because mm -hmm. it's been a couple weeks but um we get to the circus and it's not open until the next day so they decide to look around when they notice the front door is unlocked they search around and they meet a man pursuing a werewolf that has intruded into the circus and we see another werewolf attack uh but velma scares off the were a werewolf using a spotlight um mm -hmm. velma very crafty in this movie with that spotlight mm. yeah yeah um, as soon velma as someone did something smart i was like oh that's velma i know it was meant yep. to be like a mystery who was behind the light but i was like no it's here of course yeah velma was struggling a little bit in some of the recent movies that i discussed but like this mm. was a good comeback episode for velma or comeback movie let me see uh when the last time i gave velma an mvp was like the last time you were here lisa never <laughs> uh, <laughs> do and no one's given a velma an mvp since before then oh wait no that's that's a lie my friend matt matt gave her an mvp in music of the vampire i'm lying but the last time i gave her one was when you were here for abracadabra do yeah it seems like um from, just from listening to your podcast because i've always listened to your podcast but i don't watch all these like sometimes horrible scooby-doo movies yes. Catch a piece. <laughs> yeah it does seem like they're struggling with the character they were struggling with the characterization of Velma a little bit yeah, but I think I, yeah. I think um, hopefully we'll see some more uh, Velma supremacy in the next number of Scooby Doo movies. I can't believe I'm literally just getting over halfway done with this project. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm okay. eager. after watching this one. I'm eager, like the next time that I will probably watch the next one. Because okay. The podcast, because I Let's enjoyed see what this the next one, one is. The next one I think is a short. It's Scooby Doo Haunted Holidays, and it's 22 minutes. So that's, no. that's not that good. Oh, I think I might have already. Well, there's the next one after is Mask of the Blue Falcon, which I think you said you've seen before, right? Mm. No? no, no, you've seen Batman of the Brave and the Bold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. seen the Batman one. <laughs> yeah, we had that one on the DVD. Um, okay, yeah. Um, so they're in the circus, and um, well, they're going to go into the abandoned. Fred is very eager to go, just to go back a little bit. Fred's super eager to go into the abandoned circus <laughs> again. And everyone's wild. like, no, no, no. But he's just like pushing it, pushing it. And then I. The, the Shaggy talks about like where an abandoned circus sits on the creepiness scale and like this crew has been to so many creepy places I was wondering like what would be your personal like on the creepiness scale what's the one place where you would just be like no no never going in there not at all okay so this might be something where I grew up in New England but there are sometimes where like my parents would take me to like dinner parties and it would be in this very like secluded like wooded neighborhood that like every house mm -hmm. was like very far apart from each other 
and mm-hmm. uh they it, those would always like give me like a little bit of the creeps uh just like mm-hmm. the like random middle of nowhere vibes uh especially if there was yeah, like a cemetery yeah. nearby um mm. like old town salem old town hampshire massachusetts were both like kind of like spookier areas i'm trying to think in los angeles if i've seen any like spooky areas um oh the laurel canyon uh here like it's this like it's the same sort of thing like houses are kind of distant from each other and it's this big windy canyon like that could be creepy for me it's not but i could see how it can be uh because it's like there's usually a lot of cars around there so it's not as spooky but uh what about you lisa any any spooky areas yeah i think um any area that's sort of designed to be full of people but is empty like Mm, like a museum yeah yeah museum at night or like a shopping mall like big and big office block i'm a weirdo i like the uh empty shopping mall at night uh after because the movie theater i go to the most is oftentimes i go like thursday or friday nights and once it's closed then i have to walk back to my car through the mall and it's by myself unless there's like a security guard around but that's like i'm always like oh this is so peaceful but Mm. i i understand why people like would be spooked yeah find that very unnerving. now i might be spooked now that you said that out loud because i haven't really thought of it before <laughs> it's just it's like it's this is a space that's designed for like hundreds or maybe even thousands of people and like it's just you like yeah, yeah that would be if someone said to me i'll go into the middle of this graveyard at night and like get this Absolutely thing not. i'd be yeah. like okay but if someone said go into the middle of this high rise this office building and get the i'd be like oh no i'm fine now can i ask as someone who's lived in the jungle for almost 40 days and it's like Mm -hmm. pitch black at night from everything i've understood can that be spooky i know you're with other people but like can that be super spooky like in when you were in thailand um no like no because it's like you're so just (laughs) just to sound like ridiculous you're so like one with nature in that setting it's very comforting I remember sometimes if I'd like get up to like go to the bathroom or just like get up to have a, a walk because it's very hard to sleep, very hard to mm-hmm. sleep there. So you might often sort of get up in the night and it was just beautiful. Like the, cause there's moonlight, there's, you know, no street lights. It's just like the water lapping. This is, I remember where we were on the beach or not, wasn't a beach, but where we were on the hydro lake, there was a very large Island across from us and just, sort of hard to describe but it was almost like a big dark comforting blanket over everything and you get to know all the noises of the jungle and no nah, it was very chill also your season has one of my favorite tribal councils it's like mm. felt it looked very cramped but it was very pretty yeah it was it was like a cave yeah yeah um it wasn't it wasn't cramped oh it's tiny yeah by the time you get the jury in there it was a little bit but i don't know i never had to sit on that side so i had yep. so much room <laughs> I just had more and more room as the game progressed. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, back to Scooby-Doo. Uh, mm-hmm. The man introduces himself as Marius Brunquisi, the ringleader, and he inherited the circus from his uncle, and he was trying to modernize it. He tells the gang that the werewolf they encountered had been shadowing the circus for some months now and scared off many artists. He steals jewelry wherever they are. He suspects that the werewolf might be one of his own artists. And Velma notices that the incident alludes to the case during the 18th century in Ingolstadt, where a werewolf named Hans collected a combination of jewels, which enabled him to change into werewolf at any time. So after the Mm -hmm. gang tells Marius that they saw mysteries, Marius hires them to go undercover as circus performers. So that's kind of our setup for the movie. Like we get the Mm -hmm. little background stuff and this is like really the inciting incident that's like, okay, they're going to be in the circus. They're going to do their different things, but they are trying to solve this mystery of the werewolf and the stolen jewels. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of all this like plot setup and introduction of Marius? Yeah, I liked it. Marius seemed like, um, again, just like nicely characterized. Like I feel like I know a little bit about, about him and how he approaches things. Um, Yes, I, in, in this section, I really enjoyed all the, like, you know, some of the meta jokes and people joking about, like, their accents and things like that. And, again, Fred just, like, absolutely busting to be a circus performer. Like, hey, we could pose as circus performers. Oh, what about the circus performers idea? Like, it was just, yeah, I really yeah. liked it. It was a cool setup, I thought. I don't know if you feel comfortable answering this question. Who from your cast is the most likely to have been in a circus or be a circus performer? Hmm. or would you not be surprised if they were a circus performer and you can skip this question if you don't want to answer it no it's fine um probably 
It would be a mix between um, Eve, because she was very flexible, and like, so she would be like some sort of acrobat or something like that. I'd just be like, yep, that makes total sense. And Carla, she just tries so many things. She's really adventurous. She's, you know, shooting videos and taking photos and writing articles. And if she was like, oh, I'm in the circus now, I'd just be like, oh, yep, cool. You go. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'll and tell it, you one thing I actually like, really liked about the setup for this was that often the setup, you know, like I th I'm thinking the Loch Ness one or whatever, wherever they're like, uh, you know, the gang comes upon a ghost or something and they're like, and then the main sort of person who owns the house or the castle or whatever goes, oh, well, 400 years ago, blah, 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 blah. And they tell you like, they tell the whole story. And then the gang's like, oh, so this is probably like that ghost. And they're like, mm, yeah, like, whereas in this case, this guy was like, oh, God, like, what's going on? And they're bringing the expertise. And I thought that was a, a more elegant way to set it up than we often see. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. And I like that they kind of like it loop the guy in as opposed to kind of go and do it mm. themselves. Like they have to get his permission. Um and so we get their roles. Fred is going to be a junior assistant backup trapeze position. Daphne, a motorcyclist. Just assistant. Yeah. He's like assistant junior to the assistant, assistant to the assistant Reno assistant Joel manager. Backup trapeze position. Oh, after that, after that disaster he had, uh, that sounded, that cracked me up. <laughs> Numerous yeah. circus disaster stories. And he's just so cheerful about it. He's got a growth mindset for sure in this movie. Maybe Fred might get my MVP this episode. I still haven't decided who's getting it. Um, Shaggy and Scooby are going to be the animal performers and Velma gets to be the human comment where she's like not about that life <laughs> I wouldn't be she's not yeah. Tom Cruise no Daphne sort of is though with her like kick ass motorcycle yeah. skills she's an icon I love Daphne here in this Ooh, movie Yeah. and the next morning like, more fleshed out and more fleshed oh, Daphne's getting more and more fleshed out and like cool and I really I love what they're doing with her character although I do she's wonder like, if it comes at the expense of Velma's character like they're sort of like oh we can't have like two smart girls so mm, Velma gets a bit like less as Daphne gets a bit more but I, I don't know I'd have to watch the whole you'd be more informed about that than I, I I do feel like they try to like do Daphne with like the girl boss and then Velma's like the smart boss um so they mm. have like different attributes um but uh yeah like I appreciate when they let Daphne shine and show off her smarts because she is a smart mm -hmm. cookie. She's very savvy. And um, I think all women should be treated like as smart individuals in these uh, cartoon shows, as opposed to like mm. trying to be like only one of them can be smart. The other one has to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Women can be um, smart and pretty. Everyone <laughs> can be smart and pretty. Everyone can be everything. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the things, uh, the Daphne things I really liked was when Marcus was trying, oh, Marcus? Marius. 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 When Marius was trying to ward off the werewolf with garlic, and Daphne's like, um, that's for vampires. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure. This and then the werewolf, like, eats the garlic or whatever. And Daphne goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, they just solved the mystery with you. vampires also. Yeah, I'm like, I have been you a thousand times. <laughs> some, some person is like, oh, no, I think I know. And you're just like, no, 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 please listen. Yeah. Um, so we get introduced to the other circus artists. The animal trainer is Whitney Doubleday, who tells them that Mary's plans to eliminate all animal acts in order to modernize the circus. Uh, he uh, didn't yes. have a problem with retiring, but Shaggy finds him suspicious. Velma is a human cannibal, so she gets to meet the strongman Archambault. Uh, Fred mm -hmm. meets the trapeze artist Oliviero and his girlfriend Lena. Oliviero immediately becomes jealous of Fred when Lena begins <laughs> to flirt with him. And then Daphne meets the circus clowns, Schmatko and uh, Cisco. And uh, Cisco only communicates with the horn. So Schmatko tells Daphne that he is reluctant to have this role as a clown, says he was once an actor in the Soviet Union. And Schmatko mm -hmm. goes to get refreshments, but then he is abducted by the werewolf. So I just dropped a lot of information on you, <laughs> a lot of the plot. Anything you want to hit on, we can hit on everything. But like, where do you want to go with this, Lisa? Um, I've, I've just got sort of two notes from this section. The first one is... Just in, on the topic of sort of background stuff in this movie, I loved when Ma Marius goes, oh, let's go and meet the circus artist. And Scooby's in the background just going, boo. Yeah. <laughs> like Scooby's just, he just wants to see like one foot out the door the whole time. But there's just this momentum now that they're inevitably yeah. going to get involved in the circus. I mean, really, they just want to do something else. 
and this clown stuff oh my gosh like that I laughed out loud at this and um you say he was like an actor and I think he's like um I, I've merely taken on the role of a clown like he's so earnest I loved Schmacko and Cisco both like the clowns were my yeah. favorites and usually I don't like clowns but they they entertain mm-hmm. me in this movie um yeah Scooby also has some, his own agency in this movie we'll talk about his like uh side plot later on but I'm like I'm a fan of Scooby in this movie too he's like Shaggy's disrespecting me and I'm tired of being Ooh. disrespected yeah yeah he's like no like I yep I want to solve the crime and I want I'm being a good sport but that is not okay yeah and it was not yeah. okay I was, I was sort of like disappointed in Shaggy in this movie a little bit but um oh well we get there yeah so we get uh the gang witnessing another robbery by the werewolf they're chased by a second werewolf wearing schmacko's uniform um so they tell marius and marius is like the show must go on so daphne has to fill in for schmacko and fred is going to do the tightrope back to fill in time uh so we get uh their first big act as a group scooby's act uh, is a success, but Shaggy takes credit for Scooby's performance, and he tells the audience that he's Scooby's trainer, uh, mm. which annoyed me. So where do you, uh, I was very upset with Shaggy in this one. Yeah, like, Shaggy, I, what? what the heck? Yeah, I was very happy Matthew Lillard was doing his voice, but very unhappy that he was treating Scooby Doo with such a lack of respect. The disrespect, and Scooby is the star. I the show is called Scooby Doo. It's, it's not called, called Shaggy. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh, I think it was oh, it sort of illuminated how when, um, you know, people can, people try and meet needs all sorts of ways, right? And I think Shaggy feels, you know, you often see this in these Scooby-Doo movies that Shaggy wants to be taken more seriously or he wants to be considered or he wants to choose what happens. Because in the setup, you know, like uh, Fred and Daphne and Velma are sort of the parents and Scooby and Shaggy are sort of the kids. You know, and Scooby's a literal dog and Shaggy gets treated at times with, you know, even less respect than Scooby does. So you can see why Shaggy, when he gets these opportunities to be in love or, you know, be a star or have people admiring him, he goes against his sort of bigger values to just sort of get amongst it. And that's what I think happened here. It's understandable, but still disappointing. So disappointing. Scooby deserves better. Um, And we also get Velma uh that right before she's about to perform the two werewolves attack shaggy and scooby and fred and marius drop the trapeze safety net on them but the werewolves are nowhere to be found so uh the performers receive a big round of applause because they think the werewolves were part of the show which um Mm -hmm. silly silly audience um so Mm -hmm. the next day marius shows the gang the reviews from the performances like okay these are the best reviews he's ever gotten so in the reviews (laughs) They were like, Shaggy is the greatest circus artist, and Scooby's annoyed again. And uh, the critics also call Scooby scabby, which upsets me. And I wanted to fight those critics. Um, <laughs> when Marius goes to the show, the rest of his artist, the review, Archambault knocks a book and the uh, Ingolstadt werewolves off the shelf in his office. And the gang is starting to suspect that Marius might be involved in the werewolves attacks since Marius initially claimed to have no knowledge on werewolves. The page which has the list of the jewels a werewolf needs is the one that Velma finds that the only jewel left uh, that the werewolf doesn't have is a carbonado. Car- carbonado. And I just want to pasta after uh, watching that scene because um, it sounds like carbonara. And then they confront <laughs> Marius about the book and Marius is like, the book is not mine. So that's a lot of information again. So Marius mm. is a suspect now. But I was mm. also like, mm, if they're suspecting Marius, it's not him. That's usually my tell with Scooby-Doo. Mm, yeah, uh, you've watched more than me. Uh, that didn't like put me off. I was very in the dark in this movie, just to like, just to give an illusion I... to the future. I was very in the dark in this movie about who the villains were. Like, I've got a list, and I'm just like, I know there's the reasons why none of these people could be it. Um... I got one of them. There was the plot twist that I was like, oh, I was like, oh, we solved it. They're there, there. Um, but I mm. didn't. I I got one of them, but it was like literally like ten minutes before that it was revealed that I was like, Oh, I think it's this person. We haven't seen this person in a while. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I thought it was them. But um, I didn't, I thought it was like the sus was too strong on Marius for it to actually be him. Uh, yeah. I did suspect him for a while at the beginning, but once they like started investigating him more, I was like, mm, no, they're too on top of him. If he were to be the werewolf, they would be on him around him. He wouldn't be able to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't always, yeah, I was applying, I think I was applying like a little bit too much reasoning. I was like, Oh, if this person's mm-hmm. there and they can't have been there. 
but it, I don't know. I'm probably applying too much like deductive reasoning to a 2012 Scooby Doo <laughs> direct to TV. Hey, movie. but that's yeah. the fun of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Oh, so there was, the, I, I love. Is the there bit, anything else um, you want to discuss? Yeah, yeah, I love the bit in this where um, uh, Shaggy says, I, "I think it's in this bit." Um, the the get sort of getting threatened by the werewolves, and Shaggy says, "I don't want to be a werewolf." And Scooby Doo goes, "And I'm already a dog." Yeah, Scooby deserves better. Uh, When going for a lunch break, Shaggy receives numerous praise from the locals and Scooby gets more annoyed. Uh, So Shaggy bribes him with a wheelbarrow full of Scooby snacks to prevent him from quitting. And I'm like, no, Scooby, you should quit regardless. Um, Yeah, I thought Scooby, I thought Scooby was going to turn that down. But Scooby snacks. See, Scooby should have gone on strike like the actors. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Marius informs the gang. Yeah, same. I, I, it's, it's wild, and I'm here for it. Um, Marius informs the gang that they will be doing a private show for Wolfric von Riddingsvard, a singer from the Bad Wolf's Moon. So sh- we forgot to talk about this. Shaggy is obsessed mm-hmm. with this band. We find that out early on. There's a billboard that he's like, I would love to see them in Atlantic City. Um, so Shaggy's very excited about this. And Velma also discovers that a carbonado is also called a black diamond which is a jewel that Wolfric owns. So this is all starting mm-hmm. to put the pieces together. And as I'm doing this recap, I am starting to like be like, okay, this is a very craftily written Scooby-Doo movie compared to some yes. other ones. Uh, yes. That said, I still didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> well, I, and I think uh, that, that stuff with um, Shaggy, like going back to what I was saying about Shaggy sort of, Shaggy and Scooby being like infantilized in, these mo- in, these, in this group, um, yeah, so straight away, Shaggy's like, oh my gosh, my favorite performer ever is performing. Like, let's go. And then Fred's like, oh, the circus. And then, <laughs> even as they're getting into it, Shaggy and Scooby are like, no, like, we don't want to do, like, Shaggy clearly wants, he wants to go to this rib place. He wants to see the concert. But again, like, what he wants doesn't count. And then when everyone's like, oh, you're amazing. He's like, oh, thank you, finally. Like, I'm getting seen. It's very psychologically yeah. realistic. It really is. And poor Shaggy. Shaggy deserves better. Um, in this moment, not in the rest of the movie. He's still getting my LVP probably. But in this moment, like, Fred, you should just hook your homie up. Like, you went to the circus. Now it's time to let Shaggy do his thing. But at least they're getting it in a yeah. backhanded way. Um, yeah, I don't so, think Fred's very big on win-win scenarios. I don't think yeah. Fred's great. He's not great at reading a room. He's not great at, like, giving everyone equal respect. And he's not great at making crafting a situation where everyone gets a little bit of what they want. He's very... Yeah yeah um so the gang prepares to catch the werewolf during the show uh but before the show begins archambault lena and marius go missing during the show the werewolves appear after scooby's act along with three more each wearing the clothes of the three missing artists we just mentioned the werewolves manage to steal the black diamond from wolfric continue the chase and uh shaggy is gonna pull off one of the werewolves fur and find red fur underneath it Scooby notices the cage, which had Double Day's baboons, is empty, making them realize the werewolves were just Double Day and his trained baboons in disguise. Shaggy uses one of Double Day's Spanish commands to stop them. Double Day tries to escape, but is tranquilized, caught by Archambald, who claims that he was tied up in a a storage shed, but managed to break the ropes, and they find the rest of the missing artist. So we didn't really discuss this, but Double Day, the animal trainer, had the trained baboons, and Shaggy and Scooby learned that they trained the baboons using Spanish, so uh calmate or uh cansate. i don't remember the words but like it was they were just saying uh yeah, yeah i like Descansa. that yeah yeah so i like that they were Again, uh doing as much educational material as dora tries <laughs> i've been learning spanish on duolingo now for we I think, need to be friends 800... on duolingo i'm a french girl oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um 836 days oh i'm just on seven uh espanol is muy mal muy mal it's, it's bueno. Uh, pero, um, so I've been wanting to get on Duolingo for a while. And then I matched with this girl on Hinge. And like she was like talking about Duolingo and like in her bio. And we were texting for a while. And I'm pretty sure she ghosted me now. But she's the reason I got on Duolingo. So shout out to that girl. Um, and shout out to the dirt bird on TikTok, who's hilarious. And that's why. Because we were talking about the Duolingo TikTok account. And then oh. she asked me what was on my For You page. And then I told her that there was like Glee and Disney Channel stuff. And then, I don't know, maybe she was uninterested from that. She just ghosted me after that message. Maybe she's busy. Who knows? I don't know. People are so but, weird. Okay, why are we sharing weird Hinge experiences? Um, uh, this is what I find the absolute weirdest. 
when you match with someone, so you've liked their page, they liked your page, and they ask you, like, or no, so yeah, you get a thing saying this person's liked your page, and you look at them, and you're like, yep, that seems cool, and they've written you a message, and the message is something like, hey, I see you really like board games, what are some of your favourites? And then you write back, hey, oh, I really like this game and this game, what about you? And then they never talk to you again. Yeah. And you're like, what, I, what on earth? Like, I don't feel like anything I wrote in that message. Like, I, I, I just don't like, what, what makes people just go, oh, nah. Like, you understand if you have like a little bit of a conversation, but. I, I can relate to the fact of disappearing sometimes because I will delete those apps randomly and then reinstall them later and try to pick up where we left off. But like, also, if you are going to initiate the conversation, you should at least like respond if like maybe i'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and they're like oh they delete the apps but like if you're still on the apps and you ignore it that's weird that's really weird like you can even like so if that was i mean I, yeah like i say i'm I, the same thing happened with someone i was like i had my profile like walking and they're like oh where do you like walking around here and i'm like oh you know i really like this if i want to do a bit of a longer walk i do this like what about you nothing it's just like People are strange. There's nothing in this answer that could protect your son. Don't allow him to ever get on the apps because they're trash. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's rough. It, I don't. Yeah, do not. I don't go on the like. I just I've got them on. So if any, I've just got one. I've just got Hinge. And if anyone likes me, like I get notified. But I don't go on and like you know like people anymore or see messages yeah. because I'm just like, oh, this is just disheartening to the max. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Who who do you think is I um no that's a dumb question. Fred's the most likely to be on Hinge or on any of the apps, probably. Fred and Daphne, I feel like. Uh, Maybe I Shaggy. Fred, no, Fred would be on Tinder. Yeah. Yeah, Fred I think Velma 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 would be on Hinge and Daphne would be on Bumble. Okay. Or maybe the other maybe the other way around. And Scooby would be on the one where it's like you match to like walk your dogs together. <laughs> it's like a dog dating <laughs> app. Oh, awesome. We don't have that in New Zealand. That would be that's unfortunate um yeah. so anyway I, I think i'm on the on the topic of dating i think i'm going to open up my dating pool to be international slide i love it <laughs> long distance relationships are my future i feel like just need someone from the patreon group megan did it <laughs> and paul did it <laughs> we'll get cool keys yeah very very open, very open. Yeah. <laughs> any hat patrons out there? <laughs> no. um, oh my god yeah Mm. Anyway, no, but you're gonna also have like creepy survivor fans coming into your DMs. Maybe like stay on the apps like, and don't open it up to like the the random patrons. But you never survivor know. Survivor fans know. aren't creepy. I think someone who's interested in dating a winner of Survivor is someone that I would be interested in also. <laughs> to be, yeah. I mean, you you have to be like if someone's interested in that, like that is like a fact about you. You are a winner of Survivor. You're, people, if they're not interested in dating a winner of Survivor, then you like there's like some mental block that wouldn't be there. Uh, yeah, I had this, um, oh my God, I had this old partner and um, uh, so this is after I won Survivor, right? After I won Survivor and after everyone was like, no, I mean, not everyone, like I'm not trying to sound like conceited or something, but you know, a lot of people were like, wow, she did really well. Like that was a good game of Survivor, like no, well done. And this jerk would still try and tell me stuff about Survivor. Like, we'd be watching American Survivor. He'd be like, oh, I think this person should have done this. And I'd be like, oh, no, like, you know, for this and this reason, that definitely wouldn't have worked for numbers. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, like, I'm not saying everyone has to agree with me 100% with everything I say about Survivor. That's ridiculous. But this guy would not give me, he wouldn't give me one fucking thing. And I'm just like, you're so wrong. I, don't, I wouldn't say this to his face, but my internal monologue would be like, you are so wrong. Please, so please listen to me. Give me a little bit of credit here. Yeah. He would not. Yeah, guys like that can just jump in the bed. Yes, clown, like like Schmacko, yeah. but not as cool. Um, no, no. Oh, I would, I would actually maybe if he'd been able, able been able to express himself through like a honker, that would have been. He could have been like hong hong hong, and I'd be like, oh, you're saying my takes on Survivor are great. I agree. Yes. Let's go to dinner. It's giving Charlie Brown the teachers. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there was this one part where he's like wearing the thing, and then. I can't remember who it is, but they're like, hmm, but what would they have done with the forklift? <laughs> this movie made me laugh a lot. I'm happy that you had that experience. I wish I had that experience. <laughs> um, so we see that Doubleday is still unconscious and is taken away by the police, uh, but they can't find any of the jewels. 
Um, so this is where I actually really started to like the writing and like, oh, this is going to get a little meta. They're like, oh, usually we still have more time. Like th- we don't solve the mystery this quickly <laughs> yes. usually. I love um, and the next day, the Brancusi Circus packs up and prepares to leave Atlantic City. Marius thanks the gang for, and he gives them free passes to any of the Brancusi Circus performances. Archibald bids Velma good luck in finding the Black Diamond. Schmacko informs Daphne that he decided to quit his job as a clown and pursue his dream in the theater. Uh, however, after the circus train begins to depart, Velma starts to think that there is something missing. Velma remembers that Archibald last heard that the jewel was referred to uh, uh, not as the Black Diamond, but as the Carbonado, and recounts that before Doubleday was captured, he said, you won't take us that easy, meaning that he had an accomplice. So she also noticed that during last night's performance, the ropes around Archibald weren't broken, but the ends were cut. So she remembers that only they, they only found the book about the Ingolstadt werewolves when Archibald knocked it off the shelf. So they start putting the pieces together. Archibald planted it there, and they're like, oh, he's Doubleday's accomplice. So they get off this high-speed uh, pursuit on a train, mm-hmm. and they see Archibald attacking Marius to get the box office money. And Scooby, Shaggy, and Daphne are going to board the train to save Marius, but due to Shaggy and Scooby delaying Daphne, she couldn't join them. And this is where Shaggy apologized for Scooby uh, to Scooby for being a uh, mean person, taking credit for the act. And they reconcile and free the baboons to help them start Archibald, uh, subduing him with tranquilizer. So what do you think of this Archibald plot twist in the train heist? Which, this is the third movie I've watched in three weeks with uh, a train heist between Mission (laughs) Impossible and uh, Indiana Jones. Is is this ranked third with those? Yeah, this is the worst one. I think I would go Indiana Jones 1, Mission Impossible 2. Oh, I don't know. It's really hard. Actually, no, I think in I terms haven't. of train scenes, I think I go Mission Impossible 1, Indiana Jones 2, this third. But um, I think my favorite, mm, I, lo- I love, I don't know, I think the action set pieces were good. I really love the rickshaw chase in Indiana Jones. I thought that one was really well paced. And the horse one, mm. um, where he's um, yeah, in the subway. Yeah. I thought those cool. were great action scenes. Yeah, um, yeah my, problem, my problem is the Indiana Jones movie... That third, that opening sequence was like one of the own, like one of the redeeming features of the movie for me. So I hesitate to put it second, but that Mission Impossible one was so good. Anyway, okay, it well, we're agreed Scooby Doo third on that. Um, I had like a, oh, uh, no, and um, yeah, I thought it was, inter- yeah, I really liked it. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. I really liked it. It was very clever. Liked having a second mystery, liked the sort of thrilling way it ended. This episode didn't just like peter out, like it, like, started banging at the circus and like it just banged all the way through until the end i liked it yeah um so in terms of archibald uh the plot twist that i did not see i got the i got the animal trainer double day um but mm-hmm. archibald i was like oh okay cool but then i saw that there was like 20 minutes left in the movie i was like no <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, I was so excited for it to be done because this one, I don't know, for whatever reason, I couldn't get into this one, but I'm really happy you enjoyed it. This is like the opposite of the Loch Ness Monster one where you didn't yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. but I love that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah was, when we did that one, I remember thinking that you might have been a bit like, oh, like, I don't know, a bit like disappointed or like a bit uh, that I didn't like it. But now that the situations are reversed, I'm like, oh, no, this is actually really cool. Like, it doesn't take anything away from me enjoying it. That yeah. You didn't Your experience it. is it just makes like a cool conversation yeah so this is the this is good great yeah. therapeutic experience mm-hmm. so as archibald is taken away by the police marius informs the gang that doubleday and archibald had worked with his uncle for years they were probably angry that marius took charge and decided to modernize the circus uh they also i also think that they were probably bitter that they didn't get picked as the owners but i'm like it's yeah, a that's family thing uh but anyways when doubleday got caught uh archibald double crossed him in order to buy some time to get away with the jewels and the box office money and then at the end, Wolfric arrives, thanks the game for recovering his jewel, and gives them a private performance. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on this, or are we are we closing yeah, this? Yeah, um, yeah, it was just like a nice. There was a nice ending. Uh, yeah, no, it was yeah. very clever property. I enjoyed. Should we get into our regular shenanigans, like the spreadsheet yes, stuff? Please. But, oh, and All I right. just want to say one thing. There was at the end when Shaggy was calling out to Scooby Doo. I thought he was going to say, like, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Or Scooby-Doo, I need you. Or, like, one of those sort of iconic lines from the thing. But he didn't. He just said, like. He did not, unfortunately. Yeah, but I was, like, bracing for that. All right. So we got Big Top Scooby-Doo, which is going to be here. Let's start off with our culprit game. Lisa, who did you suspect the culprits were going to be this movie? And were you correct or were you incorrect? 
No, no one. I literally did not know until they revealed it in the movie. <laughs> like, we're like, it was this person with this. I was like, oh, wow. It's the first time it's ever happened. I'm very sorry for the guest points, but this is definitely a zero from me. <laughs> so bad. Oh, but I do have a bit of a bone to pick with this. So oh, yeah. I did, I noticed that, um, I, um, yeah, what's, I noticed that the strongman's ropes were cut, right? But I thought it was just bad animation. <laughs> no, so it was, was like, intentional, I guess. Like, those have been cut. But then I was like, oh, no, come on, Lisa. You know, you're overanalyzing. But I've realized now, I should not. I shouldn't. I should I, I should never underanalyze a Scooby-Doo movie. You really you need have, to get into that. Did you have a guess at all? Or were you just like, I don't know, and I'm just going to say I don't know? Like, no, rooting. I was, I, yeah, just nothing. Like, so clueless. So clueless. Well, it's okay. Because, because I, I ruled out everyone, basically. I was like, oh, well, that can't be right. And then I didn't, yeah, nothing. So sorry, sorry. Maybe yes, that's sorry. why you enjoy yes. it so much, because it got you. It didn't It didn't uh, blindside you. Uh, mm. uh, you were blindsided. You didn't, you couldn't uh, have, you couldn't get it. Um, mm. I ended up uh, thinking it was Double Day. Uh, I did not see Archer and Ball coming, but it made sense afterwards. So with that... I have 29 points and the audience has 27.5 or the guests have 27.5. Mm -hmm. um, and sorry, shall we go sorry, to our yeah. MVPs, LVPs next? Yes. All right. So we're going to do this. Uh, we got Big Top Scooby-Doo. Lisa, do you want to go first and do you want to start with the LVPs or the MVPs? Um, well, I've got, <laughs> LVP, I've got a, a, a um, I, I will give you a real one, but my fake one is Scooby-Doo in human form. I can't I believe will... we haven't talked about it yet. Yes, that do you want to talk about it? So disturbing and made me deeply unhappy. I get it. I get it. I didn't like it either. So I put that Scooby-Doo human um, in there <laughs> as the LVP. Um, yeah. If you haven't watched this, if people are listening to this podcast like me and don't watch this movie, do not get tempted to YouTube scooby-doo as a human the weird dream that shaggy has it, it's permanently marred my love of scooby-doo so weird i'm glad i don't remember it that deeply i just remember being uncomfortable by it but i don't remember what it looks like and i will not be googling it um and then <laughs> do, do you have a bonus mvp as well or no bonus mvp um oh, a bonus one um uh no i don't think no no i don't all right. So, who, do you have an MVP or LVP from the core group, or do you want me to start? Oh, you you can start. I'm gonna give my LVP to Shaggy because he was being a conceited diva, and I didn't like that behavior. And Scooby did not deserve that. So that mm -hmm. is why Shaggy is getting my LVP of the core five. Lisa, do you have your LVP ready, or do you want me to do it? Yeah, no, no, I do, okay. and it's exactly the same as yours. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Exactly and the same. Just hor horrifying. Shaggy and Scooby, yeah. you've been through so much. You're best friends. Like, just treat. There's no excuse to treat someone that badly. Agreed. And then in terms of MVP, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Because transparently, I'm still thinking of mine. <laughs> well, good. Well, I want to go first because I've got an absolutely shocking, someone I never thought I would ever say was the MVP. And it's it right? Fred. Yeah. It's Fred. Yeah. I just, he was so delightful. I love his earnestness. I love his pursuit of joy. <laughs> I just love it. There's, there's bad things, but... Uh, yeah, for me, I just, oh, Lisa, do you want to know how you just made history? Oh, yeah. You are the first person other than myself to ever give Fred an MVP point <laughs> in the history of this podcast. Woo. Congrats on your history. With that said, I am, a part of me wants to give it to Fred because he was living his best life. But I think for the sake of diversity, I will give it to someone else. And that means I am between uh, either Scooby or Velma. I love Daphne, but she was kind of like B-tier and I don't see it. So I think I'm going to give it to Velma just because she was a queen bee in this. Uh, she got mm -hmm. things done. As much as Scooby is my guy, I think he deserved better than what Shaggy was giving him. But like in terms of his agency, I think, I don't know. I really want to give it to Scooby. Like my heart wants to give it to Scooby, but I feel like I shouldn't. I should give it to Velma. So I'm giving it to Velma. Mm. Yeah. 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 Daphne was my second choice. Um, she yeah because she was she was so smart she knew she knew her stuff her motorcycling was amazing yeah so I did did like Daphne in this one yeah Daphne and Fred are normally not the two characters that I'm you know all about but this was a, yeah. was a 
well, well-rounded movie. I agree. And in terms of Big Top Scooby-Doo, I will go first with the score. I gave it a 1.5 on Letterboxd. I stand by it. Like, in hindsight, I think maybe I was too critical, but, like, my experience watching the movie was not the best. Uh, but I enjoyed it that Lisa loved it, and I really enjoyed this discussion. I think it's a stronger written movie, which is why I was originally going to give it a point, uh, just a one star, but I give it a 1.5 afterwards because I think the writing was actually stronger than uh, I gave credit for. Um, so mm-hmm. when I was reflecting on it, I was like, okay, I'll give it a 1.5. So Lisa, how about you? How are you going to elevate this movie in the rankings? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. A four. So that leaves it with yeah. an average of 2.75. Uh, Lisa, defend your score. I did not know who the villain was. It made me laugh. Like it's a direct-to-TV movie made for kids and it made me laugh a number of times. I felt like I cared about and got to know the characters. It was this was like a sophisticated-ish movie. I love that. Uh, so with that 1.5 plus Lisa's 4, we get an average of 2.75, leaving it kind of like low, low middle, low middle tier. It's not the best mm-hmm. of the best. It's not the worst of the worst. It's just kind of solid, low-tier Scooby-Doo. Um, same score as Music of the Vampire uh, from a couple weeks previously. So I'm worried about this current era of Scooby-Doo because we're kind of in the 2.75, uh, 3.25 range for a couple of these mm-hmm. projects. Uh, we haven't had a standout, standout movie since uh, your last... Ap- oh, no, uh, Camp Scare was pretty good. But mm-hmm. your last appearance was also another really good one. But like these have been kind of lacking lately. And it's kind of disappointing, but hopefully... Uh, I do know a lot of people love Mask of the Blue Falcon. I'm excited to encounter it for the first time. Mm. We also got Haunted Holiday soon. Um, so, and uh, Scooby-Doo and uh, the Batman is coming closer and closer, which you'll be on. <laughs> well. um, so, Lisa, do you have any final thoughts on this Scooby-Doo movie and Scooby-Doo as a franchise at this time? Um, I love Scooby-Doo. I love listening to your podcast even when I don't watch the movies. It's just like a nice Scooby-Doo reminder in my podcast feed. And yeah, thank you for having me on and for indulging, for encouraging me to think more deeply about this movie. I I love that, Lisa. Thank you for joining me as always. Lisa, where can the people of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network keep up with you? Where can people keep up to date with all your shenanigans that you have going on? And what is your pop culture plug? Well, at the moment, I'm still on Twitter, mainly through lack of, um, you know, motivate, you know, lack of just time or motivation to go on to other things. So people could still follow me there if they're still there. So my Twitter is at Lisa Stanger, S-T-A-N-G-E-R. It's my old name. And my pop culture plug, I mean, I think I already gave it, that Tony Hawk documentary. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and the, the new Mission Impossible movie, you know, but surely no one needs any like impetus to go and see that. But I, it was just a good time. Um, for me, you can follow me at what the fleep on all social media, including threads. Um, Instagram is primarily where I post things these days. And that's where I'm at, including like my stand-up stuff. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok as well. Uh, we are getting geared up to do high school musical, the musical, the series, the final season, season four. I'm very excited about it. I already started rewatching the first season in preparation for our rewatch series that we're doing. Um, also media made me is going to start dropping soon, which is the interview series, uh, that, Uh, I'm interviewing people and getting to know how media shapes their personality and individuality. Um, And I'm very excited about that series. So that's coming out soon. Um, Also, we're going to keep chugging along Scooby-Doo movies for the time being. And otherwise, my pop culture plug is, we mentioned it earlier, Duolingo. Go learn another language. (laughs) Um, With that said, do we have a hashtag for this episode? I know Twitter is a dying medium, but a hashtag. Oh, also my plug is also support the actors and the writers. Mm. uh, Support the strike. Yes, cosign, cosign to that. Um, uh, uh, Like hashtag circle arts. Circle arts. Yes, I love that. Circo. Circo, circle (laughs) arts. Love that. Um, With that said, until next time, everyone, when we got Scooby-Doo Haunted Holidays, from myself and Lisa, we are going to go take these carbonados and go get some carbonara. Goodbye. And a hot Step right this way. It's finally the day. The circus comes to town. We're true to the bill. The acrobats thrill and wild beasts are found. All day, 
want to take and light up the stage for the greatest show around.